And I'm Mama Mac, and beside me is my lovely co-host, the famous, the amazing, the so wise and accomplished Dr. Angel Falzoni. Good evening, doctor. How are you? I'm well. How are you? (laughs) Crazy. But anyway, I just had one of those busy, busy days, and it's a lot of fun and uh, working and everything. Everything's good. I am pumped for this show tonight. I am so excited. You know, I'm always so excited for our show. I know, but it's just like last week we introduced this new topic, and it's summertime. And we were thinking it would be a really help to a lot of parents out there with their kids. It's called Positive Parenting. And we did part one last week. So if any of you have missed it out there in the Starcom Media Network or any of our Tampa Bay area uh, affiliates, etc., check it out on the Tantalk1340.com website under podcasts if you missed last week. And then at the end of the month, all of our shows from that month will be on our website, goyard2014.org. We got a ton of them since last September 15th when we began this show. And this these months have flown by, Doctor. It has. It really has. Because we're having so much fun. It is fun. Yeah. I really enjoy this. <laughs> we're talking about how to become a good parent. And we welcome your questions or your comments during the show. If you are hearing us live, which airs every Thursday night, 6.06 p.m. Eastern Time, on Tantalk1340.com, you can call in 727-441-3000. One more time. I know I talk fast. 727-441-3000. You can call in with your questions or comments during the show tonight. And anytime you can use our Google Text. And I love that now, Doctor, because that enables people on the Starcom network scattered around the globe who we are hearing from more and more of you, and that is wonderful, to text us anytime if they're listening to the show a week from now or this Saturday or whatever. That number is 727-888-4171. I'm going to give you that number one more time, so grab a pen. And you can text during the show. comes right here to my phone, and I will check it. And if you text during the week, other than during the live show, that's fine. And we'll get all those questions to our resident expert, Dr. Angel. 727-888-4171. We'd love to hear from you during the show. Sometimes we have callers. Sometimes we don't. We're okay with any way it goes, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Positive parenting, Dr. Angel. Last week, we talked about the importance of becoming really good parents. And 
and and no matter how old your kids are, it's still time to change your parenting style and habits, don't you think? Oh, yes. It's never too late. Never too late. Okay. And we've given a lot of good ideas last week, and there's a couple that I wanted to go back to, and it was the core needs of the children in our home. No matter how old they are or how young they are, they have core needs. You want to define that and give us an idea, Dr. Angel, what you were talking about last week. Well, the core needs of every child and the heart of all parenting is really on safety and security. Safety and security. Okay. And, you know, we were discussing the aspects of what safety and security is, and that's, you know, having predictability in the home. And that's kind of a core that makes us feel safe when we can kind of predict some of our environment. Predictability. Predictability. Yes, that's a good one. I'm going to so, get my bell here in a minute because I think that's important. Predictability. Explain that. What do you mean by that for our parents out there? Well, and that's and just grandparents having things consistent, you know, knowing we're going to eat every day, knowing kind of having a okay. schedule, some routines, you know, life changes and we, we're not set on this regiment schedule and we should be able to flex with life. However, children need some predictability. Absolutely. They do. So consistency, is consistency. that part of predictability? Absolutely. And without it, what happens is we start getting those acting out behaviors and it leads to anxious children. And when children are feeling anxious, you'll see more tantrums. You'll see um, emotional dysregulation where they just start crying or freaking out. And you're like, what happened? Right. And, and then they bring the kids to me and they're like, fix my kid. And right. we, we have to back up. Because somewhere along this line, this child isn't feeling safe and secure. Okay, so you're saying feeling safe and secure for these kids is of paramount importance in a home. It's absolutely the core. It's the core. So the child needs to know that every day he's going to eat, every day he's going to have a roof over his head, even if they move or whatever, but there's going to be that provision for the kid. Provision, the physical needs are there, um, and that they're safe from danger. We talked about every child should have that right, right. to feel safe in his or her home environment. Absolutely. Okay. And, and so that, as a parent, is our number one job, is to right. provide safety for our kids. Absolutely. All right. Parents, listen to that. That's very, very important. Um, You mentioned last week, and I thought this was an interesting concept, that one thing that parents need to learn to do is to make eye contact with their kids. I found that fascinating. I don't know that I've ever heard anybody talk about that when they talk about parenting. I mean, they talk about some of these other things, but I've never heard them talk about eye contact. Eye contact is really important, and we talked about how that kind of helps to meet emotional needs, and it's part of quality time with our children. And we're losing it in our generation. We're, you know, texting and talking from room to room kind of things. Right. But eye contact... It gives that melatonin burst in our brain. Okay. And uh, serotonin, I'm sorry. Serotonin burst in our brain. And that's part of making someone feel safe and secure and loved and accepted. And it builds that relationship. So the importance of making eye contact is huge here, it sounds to me like, because so many parents, com- they, they communicate with their kids by screaming, yelling, threatening, and we talked a little bit about that last week. And there's so go back and listen to that show because we talked a little bit about threatening. Well, but even when we're having positive communication, I don't see a lot of parents like sitting down and putting everything to the side and let's eye to eye and let's talk. Okay. Even on positive stuff, it's becoming less common because even if you're not yelling or screaming, just talking from room to room or one's on the couch and someone's in another area and they're talking, it's friendly and it's engaging. 
but it's missing those core components and that's part of the emotional need that a child needs and you know i know you mentioned this last week but i think it fits here perfectly that a lot of our communication we think is is just based on talking but it's body language and other kind of um actions right absolutely it's the paralanguage that's the tone the inflections that we right. use um and our words it's our body language that accounts for 93 percent of our communication wow so we don't need to even use the words when we have warm and welcoming and safe body language and paralanguage for our children and define paralanguage that's the that's the tone the voice the inflections in our voice okay so parents take notes here because that's really important the tone with which we say something it can be you can say the same thing but have a different tone and it it really upsets a child right oh yeah it can and it can definitely get into that safety and security okay so these are good good points to remember bonding uh with the child is is not just uh done when they're a baby is it no it's done throughout a child's developmental stages and there's things that we can do through each stage of a child's development to enhance bonding with that child right okay so boy these things are so important and the thing is is you know a lot of children when they're young it's easier to bond with them they're cute we have to right. hold them to feed them yeah. and bath them and as they age the we have less of that time with our kids but they need it absolutely we talked last week and i want you to review this concept before we go on to new material this whole thing about expectations what do children need to expect and we mentioned a minute ago the safety and the you know the security and the predictability and those are all great mm-hmm. is there more to that list there is and this is part of uh, feeling safe and secure is having clearly defined expectations that are consistent okay and age and developmentally appropriate and uh, you want to defi- do you want to explain that a little yeah, bit yeah it's like having letting your children know what's expected or what are the house rules or what are who who's doing what in the house what are our roles as a family or as an individual what are the consequences, both positive and negative? Um, I think a lot of parents kind of fly by the seat of their pants and the yeah, rules kind right. of change by the minute into the day. And that creates inconsistency and unpredictability and right. increases that anxiety. And children aren't feeling as safe and secure because one minute this was okay and three days later I'm in trouble. So really, we are really talking about consistency here a lot, being consistent, getting a plan of action. I like that. House rules. A lot of parents don't have those. They just, as you said, fly by the seat of their pants. They do. And, you know, and they think in their head, like, oh, just be good. Well, when you're talking to a child, what does that mean? Just What does be good mean? Yeah. Now, are you saying, you know, not, we're not going to hit each other. We're going to use kind words. What, what are you actually wanting to find good? Is it okay for parents to sit down and figure out house rules and put them up on the wall someplace or oh, on a board? It's a great bonding activity to do as a family or for okay. the parents to do and make them age appropriate. When they're little, a couple rules. Yeah. As they grow, expectations grow as kids grow. Right. And, um, but the core of every expectation in every family should be every member has a right to feel safe in this house. Okay, and I think we should just keep making that point tonight because that is critical. So why don't you say it one more time so I can ring my little bell? (laughs) Every member has a right to feel safe in this house. Yeah, there you go. That's a bell ringer right there. Okay, so consequences. I think a lot of times parents don't want to take the time to figure out consequences because they think, well, what if that happens and I don't want to 
enforce that consequence or, you know, they, they like that flexibility. They do. And then flexibility is okay at a point, but we need to have some predetermined ideas of consequences that are appropriate for what's happening, both positive and negative. And when I talk about consequences, that's can be a positive consequence. Okay. It can be a negative consequence. All right. So, and we, you know, the more we can kind of think ahead and plan ahead, the less stress the parent has to feel. Absolutely. And when you were talking last week about roles, doctor, it reminds me of the kid who has taken over the home and become the dictator. And uh, the parents are just at the whim of little Johnny and his behavior and how it affects them all the time. And I, sadly to say, I've seen a lot of that in, in people and their family dynamics where the kid is really in charge. Absolutely. And sometimes the parents kind of tiptoe or walk on yes, eggshells. that's because, what I mean. Yeah. You know, we'll have the tantrum and we don't know how to deal with the tantrum. But if we're creating that consistent and safe, secure environment, we'll start seeing less tantrums. And okay. following through, we you know the empty threats is going to create the negative behavior. Right. So if you give in, if you give in one out of 10 times, a child is going to bank on you giving in. Wow. It's so true. So true. All right. It's such a privilege to be a parent. I mean, we mentioned last week you're the mother of three teenage sons, and I have three grown kids and nine grandkids, and I absolutely love being a grandparent, and it is easier because they do go home, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But no, you know, it's a privilege to be a parent, and I think that when parents operate from that position instead of it's a burden, I mean, this kid was weighing me down or ruining my life or whatever. When they have that kind of attitude, it's going to reflect in the kids, isn't it? Absolutely. And that makes them feel less safe and secure. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And so and it is a privilege and it's an awesome job. It is. It's a hard job. It is. But it's not. I mean, it is doable is what I started to say. I started to say the negatives. It's not not doable, but it is. It's doable. We can learn to become better parents and grandparents, don't you think? Absolutely. And we learn one day at a time. Right. We learn from our mistakes and we learn from experience. (laughs) And it's a a growing process. So parents should be growing as their children are growing and developing. And a lot of parents try their best to get their kid to fit the mold they want them to fit instead of letting them just be who they were god created them to be you know what i mean true there's a lot of parents when they have kids they'll project their own hopes or their own dreams onto their kids if the parent wanted to be a a doctor they're gonna maybe groom their child or take over the family business or do that sport that that parent never got to do and that's unfair it is. It is unfair. It's very unfair. And each child has different gifts, talents, likes, dislikes, and they need to develop. It's their journey of lifehood. It is their journey. And how do we give these kids that individuality? How do we foster that, Dr. Angel? Letting them be who they are. I mean, there are rules that we have in family expectations. And sure. so we don't let them, you know, behave a fool because that's outside um what we're looking for but within that realm it's learning which battles to pick right um you know i, I remember talking last week about how i had a, you know one of my kids when he was going through his middle school years decided he's gonna have his own crazy style and <laughs> you know what he went to church looked when his crazy style but that was who he was and right. you know he grew out of that stage but i let him have that stage and each of them have had there are silly stages of different likes or dislikes or hairstyles or clothing styles. And, 
You know, that's the things I'm talking about. Or doing the sports that they want to do, not necessarily what I would want them to do. You know, I think a lot of parents develop an attitude, doctor, of what will people think if I let my child express their individuality and maybe they're different than what my neighbor's kids are. And they begin to feel like it's, how will it reflect on them? True. And that is, that is an issue. And that can be a problem for some parents. Right. Um, and that's just learning to let your child express, be your, his own individual, his or her own individual self. Exactly. Just let them be. Let them become all that they can become. Right. Absolutely. And realize that's part of their growing journey, too. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So when when so many times parents don't really express true love to their kids maybe some dads are like uh they don't eh, i don't need to tell my kid i love them but isn't it important to express true love and how do they do that how do parents do that effectively well giving true love is very important and true you know many people equate true love with giving their kids everything they want oh yeah and, you know, we live in a society where there's a lot of families who that they work a lot and parents work a lot and so they feel guilt they feel that guilt mm -hmm. and so they'll buy their kids the newest video games and the newest computers and the newest i whatever's and they think that that's giving them love or giving them their way all the time and that's not it's not that's not love and it's setting your child up for failure because it's teaching them entitlement wow I think you need to define entitlement. I like that word. I think it really defines our society at this point. True. It's when they think they deserve something that they haven't earned or worked for, that they just deserve it because I am the child. Right. And, and um, sadly, fugly. so many, and, and I know that there's reasons why a lot of parents give a seven-year-old or a six-year-old a cell phone, but man, doctor, I, I still have a hard time with that. Maybe that's because I'm a grandmother, you know, and I'm thinking, okay, this seven-year-old does not need to be texting everybody in the world. And, and you know what I'm saying? I absolutely Playing all these saying. video games and never talking at the table. Instead, they're glued to their, their device. True. And so true love is not about giving our, ch their, our children everything they want. They don't know what's best for them. That's why they're children. And that's why we're the parents. <laughs> and that's kind of why they're children. They yes. navigate the things that are best. So, you know, get, loving someone means self-sacrifice at times. It means being willing to be unpopular. Well, you know, as parents, we're not to be their friend. We're their parents. Don't you know a lot of parents that want to be their kid's best friend? Because I do. I know people like that that have really fallen into traps, especially a mother-daughter mm -hmm. thing, or dad and son, he's got three other girls, now he has a boy, and now that's his best friend forever. You know what I'm saying? This kind of thing is a trap that a lot of parents fall into. I've seen it for years, it's a, it's and I'm older than you, so I can say I've seen this a lot. I have seen it a lot, too, and, and then they come in my office, and they're like, they don't understand why everything's going kind of crazy in the home. Let's stop. We've replaced true love with giving in to every woman that our child wants, which right. isn't best for him. So we need to be willing to step back, say no when it's appropriate, and think of the best interest of our kids. Ah, so many parents do not say no very well, doctor, or they will go ask your mother. No, go ask your dad. Go ask your mother. Go ask your dad. You know what I'm saying? That is a common problem in a lot of homes, and it's something that I think parents need to be aware of, that that's that's saying basically if you whine enough if you scream enough if you cause a big enough fuss you're going to get your way and you're training the kid 
to be that way. That's my opinion. Let's hear the, our, your professional opinion on that problem. Well, true. And we're training them to be entitled. And, you know, life doesn't work that way. As adults, we have to work for things we want. We have to wait. And we hear no all the time. My bank account tells me no all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And so that's life. And being able to delay gratification is important for kids. And we have this instant gratification going on in our society. You know, the Burger King mentality. Right. I want it my way and I want it now. Right. Exactly. And kids need to learn to delay that gratification because what happens And I know this happens in many homes across the United States. Christmas comes, they get all these wonderful gifts that they wanted and hoped for. And then three weeks later, they're trashed and no one's playing with it. They've lost interest. We're overwhelming our kids. We need to take a step back. Yes. Whoa, that's a huge point, doctor. uh, I want you to amplify on that, that we're overwhelming our kids. Let's talk about that a minute before we go to the break. What do you mean by that? We're overstimulating them. We're giving them too much too soon. Okay. And they, they don't even know how to deal with everything. And I remember when my kids were little and they'd get a lot for Christmas with, you know, outside relatives, I would take most of those gifts and put them up in a closet. Really? And then in February, I'd bring a new toy down. And then March, I'd bring a new toy down. So they would have the opportunity to enjoy each new toy. Right. At a time. That's a good idea. Overwhelming. Yeah. And then they start freaking out and getting frustrated. Right. Absolutely. Wow. Okay. Well, so... Delay that gratification a little bit. All right. We are coming right back in a moment. Listen to these words and listen to this music that Engineer Chris has come up with on Goyard. Every time I look at you, I think, man, a little me just like me. Wait and see, gonna be tall makes me laugh because you got your dad's ears and all. Is it time to consider a new pool enclosure or a beautiful screen room for your family's enjoyment? Family owned and operated, Boils Aluminum is the place to call for timely installation of all types of seamless guttering and screen enclosures. Boils Aluminum is A rated on Angie's list and with the Better Business Bureau. Check out their website at boilsaluminum.com or call today for a free estimate at 727 504 9354. Mention this ad for a discount on your project. Boils Aluminum, treating you like family with honest and reliable service. This is Megan, an independent ambassador for Plexus, the pink drink. There is finally a healthy solution to help you lose weight. It's a most natural product that will burn fat, not muscle. People around the country are experiencing amazing results, and you can too. Check out my independent ambassador website for my contact info, testimonials, and product information at mkramer, K-R-A-M-E-R, dot myplexus, P-L-E-X-U-S, products, dot com. Prompt professional service is what you will receive when you allow Marsha McAllister of Charles Rittenberg Realty to help find that perfect home or list your home for sale. With over 23 years of experience in the Tampa Bay area, you will enjoy a smooth transaction from start to finish. Call Marsha today at 727-417-0707. Now is a great time to buy or sell a home. Call Marsha McAllister at 727-417-0707. From the Sunshine State, this is Tampa Bay's Tan Talk.
right, Engineer Chris, love that music. This is Goyard, and we are live in Tampa Bay at Tantalk1340.com and on the Starcom Media Now Network. And that is in eight countries and different, a lot of different cities now, Dr. Angel. And we that just happened to us in January, the syndication. And I am so happy about that, aren't you? Oh, absolutely. It's amazing. Yeah. Yes, we are hearing from more and more people. We'd love to hear from you wherever you're located with your questions. And you can text us directly right now during the show or later time, 727 727- 888-4171-727-888-4171. If you want to call in during this next few minutes before we go off the air at 7 with questions or comments, you can do that. And you simply call 727-441-3000. They should check out our Facebook page, right? Yeah, yes, fa- it's, it's Go Yard 1340. 1340. <laughs> yeah, check it out. That 1340 stands for this Tan Talk station here. So, yeah, go to Facebook, check us out. And of course, if you want to send an email to us with questions that you would like maybe for Dr. to answer, Dr. Angel, that would be fine. Go Yard 2014 at gmail.com. Whew. That's all of our information right there. And I remembered it all correctly tonight. How about that? You're rocking, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm impressed. Hey, you know, this show is rocking, Dr. Angel, because we're talking about something that applies to most people most people have either had parents or they are parents true is that right sure okay so there's a lot of times we have learned our parenting skills from our family and a lot of times maybe those were not the best examples and a show like this can help us get on track if we're a little off track in some of our areas of parenting or grandparenting don't you think absolutely and it's just it gives some more perspective aha all right I like that these kids need to hear and feel true love and that's where we left off before the break tell me about that again dr angel what is really what do you mean by that how do we get our kids what is it they need to feel we've talked about security and stability and safety but what do you mean about true love and that true love is that self-sacrificial love and it's willing to be unpopular and it's willing to say no and make decisions that are best for the child absolutely which may not be what he or she wants it's just and i mentioned this earlier but it just is frustrating to me now as a grandparent to see parents who allow their kids to control the house or control a situation out in public at a restaurant or -hmm. whatever it's just really frustrating i really want to go up to them and say here why don't you listen to my show (laughs) but you know what i'm saying it's it's hard because there's so many people that struggle with this this is a very important topic and it's tough it's a tough job and i know we keep saying it but it's true and you know another aspect if we're wanting our kids to blossom is we don't want to rush that growing up process Ooh, yeah Ooh. and it's kind of part of our culture it's definitely our part of our culture fast and you know we're not letting kids beauty be kids. queens at age four and five true and we're not letting pageants at age four and five with makeup i have a hard time with that doctor i hear you and so it's really very important that a child remains a child right um there should be no hurry to make a child become an adult because no one can ever go back and be a child again oh cool good point so what happens is children who are rushed into becoming adults become adults who act like children (laughs) and then we have a lot of problems that's scary and so 
what do I mean by that? Well, what are we giving our kids? Are they age appropriate? Is this developmental appropriate? Um, I remember years ago, um, I had given a gift to a five-year-old little girl. Um, it was a baby doll. Five-year-old little girls should be playing with baby dolls. It's sure. a common thing. And the mother was so upset. That is inappropriate for my kid because she is way beyond baby dolls. Really? And I was thinking, oh, my goodness, that's where she should be. This is that fantasy playtime of her development. Right. Baby dolls, Barbie dolls, all those little fantasy toys. Right. And they're stifling creativity. They're adultifying them too fast and giving them too much too soon. And they don't know how and what to do with it all. Boy, that's that's really true. That's so very what true. what it leads to is a lot of depression. We're, you know, because we're given too much simulation too soon. We're blowing out those pleasure centers of the brain, which leads to adulthood depression, uh, leads to sleeping issues, leads to immaturity as adults. So it's a lot of the uh, childhood is an important time. Childhood cannot be rushed is what I hear you saying. And that a lot of things happen in our brains and in our emotions that need to go step by step, right? Absolutely. And that's why our the way we grow and develop has developmental stages and milestones because those are the parts that our brain is growing and developing. Yeah. And so fantasy play and make-believe, those are really important things for children in certain developmental stages to accomplish because if they can't accomplish it, they can't successfully continue moving through their stages. They'll have gaps. I remember when some of my grandsons, who are now teenagers, but when they were five and six, seven, they would say, um, look at the picture, Nana, of this girl I'm going out with. You're going out? I remember the first time one of my grandsons said that. I was like, uh, you're what? What do you mean you're going out with? Yeah, I'm going out with her, you know. Well, are you going somewhere? Well, no, I'm not going anywhere. But that the term, you know, but it was that, you know, it's great for these kids to have boyfriends and girlfriends, but it can get... You know, where parents are taking kids on dates and they're eight years old. I have a hard time with that. I hear you. And kids need to be kids. <laughs> That's right. And so let's let them slow it down and let them be kids. Uh, um, I know I've said it on many shows, but I have a 13-year-old child who does not have a cell phone. All right. In and my and house. that is wild. And <laughs> woo! Yay, Dr. Angel Falzoni. I think that is great. Yeah. In my house, it's something you get when you go to high school. And so I've tried to slow it down for them a little bit. Yeah. That's really good. And has he complained much? I've heard a few complaints, but it's the rule and it's not changing. So, right. you know, and we talk about it. Yeah. But he'll still go out on the trampoline and jump on the trampoline. And he still does kid activities. And that's what I want him to do. Right. And so that's what's important. Good point. All right. So don't hurry to make your child an adult. No. Let them be. Okay. Along that line, doctor, I think this is appropriate right here. I've known parents through the years that back to this thing about making your child your friend the child becomes the confidant for the agony that mom's going through with dad or dad's going through with mom or your dad didn't come in to 11 o'clock last night i think he was whatever fill, fill in the blank and there's too much of that in our society and that's and that's part of adultifying the kids and what happens is they first of all they don't even have the ability to process this in their mind and their emotions. Yeah. They, they're lacking those skills depending on where they are, but they don't have it. Right. And so our children can't be our confidants. Right. First of all, we're putting stress on them that they don't need to have and worries on them. So they're having anxious, worried children who are trying to help fix mommy or daddy's problems. That's right. not their job. It is not. 
mommy or daddy needs to go find an adult confident to help them work through that. Absolutely. And I've seen this so many times, and I think you have too, in counseling experiences where that child really is the mommy's best friend and her anchor and not daddy. Daddy long ago ceased to be the best friend. You know what I'm saying? And children aren't the anchors. They are the not. The parents are the anchors for the children. And so what happens is it's a role reversal. And that Absolutely. definitely stifles growth and development. Wow. You know, this this whole thing about kids developing so much anxiety and fear, I believe this is a problem also that's rampant in our society now where kids are not at peace, they're nervous, they're stressed. They are. And f- Eight-year-old stress, stress kids, you know. True. And part of it is they know too much information too soon. They know too much of the adult world. Yes. That's why we need to step them back and let them be children. We should be protecting them from that adult world. They don't need to know that we're struggling to pay the bills or that money's so tight. They don't need to worry about that. That's the parent's job to take those worries off the children. Exactly. And it's okay for the parent to say, well, it's, we don't have the money this week to do this or that. That's okay. True. We're saving for that. When that teaches them, you know, right. that delayed gratification, you know, oh, we would love to do that. Let's save a few weeks. Let's put a piggy bank or whatever. And that's fine to do. But we shouldn't be putting, oh, I don't know how I'm going to pay the mortgage this week. We might not have a house next week. The landlord's evicting us. You know, mm-hmm. those are worries we should not be putting on our children. And that just brings that anxiety and that fear. Oh, my. When we th- and, and when we threaten, you better be good or this won't happen or whatever. Right. And we're just amplifying that anxiety because their minds can't comprehend or process this information so we need to be protective we need to be supportive and loving as parents that's our job you know we need to provide an atmosphere you know if you provide an atmosphere of anxiety and fear your children will learn the same thing exactly and how about the mother or the father who all they do is we've talked a little bit about this threaten and scream And the voice is always elevated a few decibels when communicating with the children. Absolutely. So you're teaching your children to communicate at this high level of decibel. (laughs) And it's creating, (laughs) yes. And, you know, when you just do that, you know, you get that hyper startle response. And you'll start seeing hyper startle response. Okay, so that's what when they're is that? easily startled. Those are some of the symptoms of PTSD will start to emerge in high levels of that in the home. Okay. And it's traumatic. Right. Because they need to, to re- regulate your emotions. You need to calm down. So when a, a child, okay, my child's throwing a tantrum, what happens? What happens with most parents? They get above the child with their voice, right? Yes. The child's wailing and flailing and screaming. And the parent's like, stop, stop screaming. And then the child goes above that because they have to be heard. And then we keep having this stair step climbing. Who's going to get it on top? Mm-hmm. And instead, as parents, we need to help our child to regulate his or her emotions. So when they're having their emotional meltdown, breakdown, tantrum, Which whatever, they're going to have because that's normal for kids. It is normal. When they have them, we need to be able to you know, get down on the floor with them. Get make, down on the floor with them. Interesting. Make eye contact with them. Ooh, there you go with your eye contact yes. thing, Dr. Angel Falzoni. I like that. Get down on the floor with them. Why get down on the floor with them? Because I'm creating a safe environment when I do that. I'm going to make that eye contact. I'm going to take my voice way down. Okay. Because they're going to have to start stop flailing and wailing and screaming to hear me, which will bring their own emotions down. It'll help them regulate. Okay. So instead of playing the power trip, getting up, we're going to bring it down. They'll come, they'll start regulating to you. And so when I can come down and be calm, I can hold my child's hand. That touch will help ground them 
and regulate their emotions. If I can just rub his or her back or hold his or her hand. Um, Good I'm helping ideas. to bring that tantrum down and regulate those emotions. And it's really important for us to be able to do that. And um, I take it you, you teach this to parents as I they do. come to you for counseling? And actually I work with this a lot because I work with traumatized children. And okay. children who've experienced trauma have difficulties with regulating like, their emotions. Give, give us an example of the kind of child that's traumatized. What kind of trauma all are you talking about? trauma. And it could be, you know, abuse. It could be all kinds of trauma. I mean, there's tons of ways that children are traumatized. And I, I get a lot of traumatized children, sexual abuse, physical abuse, uh, neglect, um, all kinds of stuff, going, domestic violence, all kinds of stuff going on. And so teaching them to regulate their children's emotions is bringing the parent to regulate first. Okay. Because when the parent's all dysregulated and flailing and wailing, we have a lot of, it's just escalating and growing and it's causing a bigger problem. So what if the child is screaming and hollering, kicking, laying on the floor, kicking their feet? Um, I, I, teenagers can do this in their own way too, you know? It's not their just their little guys, you know, because I've seen teenagers that just get totally out of control. They can. You know? And you know when breaking things, slamming when, things. When you they're know. little, you know, you can get down on the floor, rub their back, and just talk calm and help bring them down and ground them okay. by rubbing their back or holding their hand or some way to help ground them. If they're unsafe, we need to make sure they're safe. Okay. But bringing ourselves and regulating our emotions is really important to helping our kids when they're out of little. Okay, out, and a this balance. this positive parenting series we're doing is not just about little kids so the teenage years when we have a teenager it's 12 13 14 15 out of control screaming and yelling and throwing things and and hurting people and how do you how do you advise parents there doctor well we have to back up a lot and so we need to deal with it before that explosion happens and we right. talk about what those explosions are like and what's going on before those so they're old enough to start articulating oh i'm getting angry when i get picked on by my brother okay so then we can look to stop it before it starts sure uh, my youngest is ocd and he can dysregulate very quickly um he doesn't take joking we have three boys in our house who like to joke and so there's times where they'll play a game on him and he gets so angry but we've talked about it in moments of calm and we have a plan. Okay, when you're starting to feel that way, now he goes and goes by himself, sits on his bed until he feels okay again. And then we come out and talk about it and fix the problem. Oh, that's great. But you have to do that. That's with the it kind of thing I wanted. Of that. Okay, that's the good example that I wanted you to give parents who have these preteen kids and these teen kids that tend to have their emotions escalate out of control. Here's the deal. When there's emotions out of control, there's no reasoning and logic going to happen. No, they can't reason. They're, it's not <laughs> They're happening. Too upset. They can't hear you. They, it's like the peanuts guy. Wah, wah, wah. That's all they can hear. <laughs> That's serious. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, you think about an adult. When we're angry, there's no reasoning with us. We right. have to bring our emotions down to, like, hear what someone's trying to say. And so talking about them outside of what's going on and making that plan to help your child to be successful when those emotions come and keep it more calm. So basically you you set up a plan of action mm-hmm. and you say, now these things will happen. So mm-hmm. when they happen, here's what I want you to learn to do and just keep putting that thought in their head. Is that what you do? True. And when they, you know, when he was littler, we, you know, I'd have to remind him, um, you maybe it's time for you to go take a self time out and chill for a little bit. And I'd remind him now he's 13. He knows when he needs to go on his own. Okay. Because he's he's felt that trigger enough and knows I need to go calm down. Okay. And it very rarely flares out of control because he knows how to calm himself down. But I helped train him to do that. Wasn't angry. 
never angry. It's not a punishment. Anger. You just said that, that hot button word right here. That really fits here because so often problem, the problems with parents and their parenting style has to do with flares of anger from the children and or the parents or both. Anger is a big trigger, isn't it? And nothing is accomplished in anger. Right. Nothing productive, at least. You know, so parents who are constantly trying to physically one up their kid or verbally one up their kid, what they're doing is they're creating a, you know, fearful and intimidating atmosphere. What do you mean? Uh, one up their kid. Get Explain louder that. than their kid. They oh, escalate okay. their anger when their kid escalates and it's one up, one up. Um, they're always trying to one up their kid and they're creating that fearful and intimidating atmosphere. So, and a parent should never use fear or intimidation to try and change behaviors. So let's give us an example. Give us an example. What should they not do? If you don't do da da da, you're not. Empty threats is a good one. You know, I hear that all the time. The parent will come, you know, the kid will do something terrible and the parent will make this humongous punishment that they have no intentions on following through. So the parent just made himself or herself a liar. Right. How can I trust you to keep me safe and secure if you're lying to me? Right. And that's the message the kid hears. When they don't follow through after the threats, that is. That's huge. True. And so as parents, we need to we need to keep our emotions regulated. And if we're not, we need to take that time out and go take some breathers and get our emotions in control before we walk back into that situation. Nothing wrong with that, right? No, Instead no of shame. dealing with it right then, if you know you're not capable of dealing with it in a sane, calm and relaxed attitude i mean instead of making it a huge trauma it's time for you to take a time out there right and sometimes everybody needs it i mean there's a time when my middle son he definitely hit some hot buttons and i said you know what here's what we're gonna do you're gonna go sit in your room cool off and i'm gonna go sit in my room and call cool off and in 30 minutes we're gonna come back and talk about this cool did it work it absolutely worked Wow, Dr. Angel Falzoni, licensed PhD in mental health counselor. You are amazing. And I think it helps so much that you're a mother. I think it helps that I am too. And that we've gone through this kind of thing. And it's we're not just talking out of a textbook. We're talking out of life and reality and what we've experienced and what we see in other people who come to us for help. True. And you're right. It does help. And you know what? Having the skills and the knowledge, I live it. This is This is the... I live out in the trenches with all of this all the time. Three teenage boys is not an easy feat to have in a house. Well, and then, as you said earlier, all the the clients that come to you, most of these are traumatized There's a lot of traumatized kids and right. or a lot of families who just need some tools. They just don't have tools, and that's what this show is about, is giving people tools to use. Exactly. These babies aren't born with manuals, right? and there's so many parenting theories that which one's right which one's not right we shouldn't touch them we shouldn't spank them we We shouldn't they need to sleep this way they need to do this right let's just stop and get to the core of what this child needs right and again it is safety and security and predictability and so they know what to expect in their home right and we can't say that enough you can't and as parents we need to work on ourselves we need to be peaceful and loving and so when we know we hear, you know, some people are just hot tempered. It's, you know, you hear the Italian temper. I'm Italian. And I know that about myself. But I also know that that means I need to stop, calm myself down before walking in and dealing with the situation. And right. so I need to model what I'm wanting my children to do. They don't do what we say. They do what we do. Absolutely. That's how we teach. That's and right. So as a parent, I need to work on creating that positive environment. I right. need to lead the safety and security 
I yeah. start as the head of the parenthood of okay. making my home safe and secure. Let me just flip this around for you a minute. How, we're talking a lot about care, kids that get out of control and temper tantrums, etc. What about the parent who's dealing with a child who becomes reclusive and, depress, and depressive and does not want to talk, does not want to interact? How would you advise that parent? We have well, that question. Oh, that's a good that's a good question. It depends on what level they're being um, isolating and withdrawing and reclusive. Because if it's a big issue, you're going to need professional help. If it's, you know, that they're just kind of pulling back, it depends. Are they teenagers? There's a natural pullback. And then kind of engaging with them in activities that they enjoy doing. Getting in their world instead of bringing them to your world. Okay, good point. Um, you know, yeah, I think this is a teenager from this. And so just working on that bonding that relationship and doing it in small periods of time. And if it's just where they're cutting themselves off completely, they might need some extra intervention, some family therapy to kind of, maybe they're going through um, a clinical depression or something and they need extra help. Right. Okay. But getting in their world is big. And don't ignore the problem because you're afraid to deal with it. Because I think that's a lot of parents when when teenage teenage uh, hormones and everything else just are crazy all over the board, so you know it's it's unpredictable a lot of times the behavior of a, ch- a teenager, correct? Sure, their bodies are going crazy, right. their emotions are going crazy, their hormones are going crazy. They're not sure who they are, what they're doing with right. their lives. Yeah, it can be quite a ride. It's kind of a roller coaster with teenagers, which is part of that developmental stage. And so being patient, getting in that person's world and doing things that he or she would like to do and start doing it in small periods of time. Okay. If if a parent or grandparent pictures what they would want for, this is just a suggestion. I want your idea on this. If a parent or grandparent pictures what they would like their kid to be like 15 years from now, and they begin to see that it's not going to be accomplished if they're screaming and yelling and whatever. If they want their adult child to be a good parent, and to be calm and relaxed and peaceful and have a good life, they've got to model that, don't they? True. And so we got to we got to step back yeah. as the adults and work on getting our yes. business in order. That's why this is so important, positive parenting. True. And, and as positive parenting, we do not, and I know we talked about it, but we do not want to correct an anger. There's nothing good happening when I'm the parent and I'm angry or well, because a lot of times I think parents give, uh, they overreact in, in, in anger and they give punishments out that they do have not, like you said earlier, have no intention of following through with. Or, you know, 15 minutes later, they realize, man, that, there's no way that I can follow through with that, not let him ever talk to a friend for the next five years. True. You know, things like that, drastic drastic things and if we step back as parents consistency provides emotional stability amen and so what we can do consistently if i can just follow this one expectation of our house and do it consistency you're starting to provide that safety and security instead of thinking of this oh i have to have all these rules and regulations you know what you can have one major rule you can have everybody deserves the right to be safe that would compass a lot Right. We're not going to use, you know, negative words. We're not cutting people down. We're not hitting and, you know, that's a lot right there. Yeah. Just safety. That's one rule. Yeah. Safety. It doesn't have to be this stringent So from thing. safety means you cannot be punching your brother and you can't. Everybody has the be, right to feel safe. Right. From all kinds. Of, and that can mean a whole lot. You know, that if because so many times people get bogged down with parenting, think they have to learn so much and read so many books. 
But I love this that we're doing last week and this week, and obviously next week because we're not done with everything we want to talk about here as parents and grandparents. But this whole concept of safety and security, doctor, we can't stress that enough. That's the heart of it. I love it. I love it. And so, parents, we challenge you to take a step back and evaluate how you're handling things, right? Evaluate yourself. Yeah. Evaluate your own triggers. What sets you off? Where are your buttons? We all have our buttons. Right. What are your buttons? Right. Yeah. What makes you mad? And start learning to recognize your own triggers and your own buttons and calming your own self down and regulating yourself. Right. And then we can help our children find their buttons and regulate them as they grow and and mature through life. And a big part of this is tone of voice. A lot of it. It's the whole package. It's my, if my body language is, you know, closed off, I'm sending a message that I'm not warm. I'm not open. I'm not available. I I don't know if we mentioned this last week, but it's a good point. I have seen women through the years and men do this too, but I have seen some women that have come to me in counseling, this kind of thing. And the way they react when a child does something that displeases them is that the parent goes and pouts and feels like they have been hurt so bad because of what she did or said. You know what I'm saying? They feel sorry for themselves. Can you address that, doctor? It's true, and it does happen. And, and if we're talking about you know parents with minors at home, we need to make our children feel safe. Now, we can let them know that our feelings have been hurt because of this action or behavior, but that's something we can talk about. And when I withdraw my love, I'm teaching my children that my love isn't unconditional for you. They need to know that you're available. Whoa. Parents, you cannot withdraw your love. You cannot withdraw your security and your support of that child just to teach them a lesson. You just can't do it. it's not teaching a lesson. When we withdraw our love and we cut them off, well, we're not giving an opportunity to restore this relationship. We're not giving opportunity for communication. Now, maybe I need to take a break and get a hold of my own feelings. Right. But then I definitely need to come back and address this with that child. What I might be feeling disappointed or hurt or whatever, disrespected, whatever. It's okay to say that to the child. But I need to come back and I need to open that line of communication. You know what? When this happened, this is how I felt. This right. is what, and we need to talk about it. Wow. <sighs> Doctor, I enjoy this topic. And, and part of it is because I think this is needed. I think we need to continue this for the next week or so and try to help as many people as we can and dear ones out there we want to hear from you and if you have specific questions every once in a while we do a question and answer show and dr angel will be happy to answer from her expertise and her years of being a mother to three teenage boys and so you can contact us 727-888-4171 is our google text number and a lot of people use that use it And send us a text and ask a question, and we will address it, 727-888-4171. Or an email if it's lengthy and you want to describe your situation, that's fine. And that is goyard2014 uh, at gmail.com. Our website, goyard2014.org, O-R-G, not com, goyard2014.org is where you're going to find all the shows that we've done up through June. July's shows will go on there at the end of the month, and there's a lot of great stuff. Dr. Angel, we've just got a couple minutes here, a minute. Uh, some final thoughts for our parents. Do you have any uh, homework you want to give? I do. I want our parents to sit back and look at where your trigger buttons are. 
Whoa. Let's Where identify our trigger buttons, buttons this week so that we can deal with that. Woo! Where are your trigger buttons? Okay, what makes you react negatively, etc.? And that's your homework. And Dr. Angel has got that. And we will be talking more next week. We want you to join us next week if you are in the Tan Talk neighborhood here. We're on at 606 Eastern, Thursday nights. Starcom Media Network, we're on a lot of times. I can't begin to tell you what all they are now. So just have a great week. And Dr. Angel? Have a great week. It's beautiful here in the Sunshine State. So enjoy your week. Absolutely. This has been Dr. Angel and Mama Mac bringing you Go Yard. See you next week. Hit that home run in life, friends. Hit that home run. Good night. WTAN, Clearwater, Tampa Bay. WDCF, Dade City, Tampa Bay. WZHR, Zephyr Hills, Tampa Bay. Listen. Colorado movie massacre verdict. Guilty. Tennessee Rampage. I'm Barbara Cusack. Three years after gunman James Holmes opened fire inside a Colorado movie theater, killing 12